We are back here on the BIA College Football Podcast. Chip. I am Hugh G. That was Phil. Phil, I went to the game yesterday against Minnesota. Gotta say, really excited. It was a really exciting time. Um, also watching the team up north play their game first at a tailgate. Mm-hmm. This week, if you are a Buckeye fan, you know what time it is, and you will cross out that M in the word time. It is game week. We are heading up to Ann Arbor on Saturday to face the Michigan Wolverines. Team up it's north. time. Team up north. Okay. Team up north. Team up north. That, that's what we did. We're, we're yeah. just going. We're Rest just of the pod, we're going to try to. We're going to try to keep the team up north if we can. Make their make their blood boil. Okay, fair enough. All right, team up north. It's a fight. It's a war. It's going to be. It's going to be a it's going to be a game. It's going to be a game. I've got some thoughts off the top of my head, man, but you know, um what 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 are you what vibes checks what vibes check do you have right now? <clears throat> going into this. I just want to start by saying that we don't give a damn for the whole state of Michigan. I'm <laughs> sure that's very clear. Um I mean, honestly, I feel I feel more confident. I got. I wish if you were to ask me like four weeks ago, I would have said, "Yeah, we're gonna win." But I would have been inside, like, "Man, it's gonna be tough." <laughs> and now I feel a lot better, I, and that's mainly because actually both Michigan has looked uh, very. I wouldn't say mediocre. And that would be exaggeration, but they have not looked elite the last two weeks. Um, now, one was against a really good defense in Penn State, and one was against a not even average defense in Maryland. So um, I feel they look a lot less scary. And, yeah, I think our defense has been great the last two games. Our offense has had, um, has had like, you know, some stretches there where they are elite. But, honestly, when they haven't looked good, at least in my opinion, you correct me if you feel differently, to me, the last two games, our offense not looking good feels more like our offense not trying. Like it feels like, you know, taking our foot off the gas more so, you know, not just the play calling itself, um, as opposed to earlier this season when I was seeing us like try to get move the ball, try to move the ball down the field, you know, with through the pass and just being off and being unable to do what we want to do. Where it seems like the last two games, Ryan Day has been for large stretches pretty comfortable just getting out of there with the win um, and getting ready for the next game. So I don't know. That's that's my vibe. I'm feeling really. I'm, I'm feeling that Michigan is not the the beast they were made out to be. Um, it's kind of like you know when you have like that big monster, you see the shadow of the big monster, and then like you change the angle, he comes out from around the corner, and it's just a little teddy bear. That's, that's the vibe I'm getting from, from Michigan, from that team up north right now. <laughs> Teddy Bear. Soft. So, also, they they were calling us soft, but I was watching them get bullied on that goal line. All right? I was watching Maryland. Maryland. I was watching Maryland. Maryland. <laughs> Maryland get that push on that goal line. They said that wouldn't happen to them. So, I don't know. 
So here, here's my, I do want to comment on the offense, our offense. <clears throat> Best half we had was first half against Michigan State this year. He had a pretty good game. I think the best overall offensive game, in my opinion, was the Purdue game. Here's here's my my read on seeing them yesterday. People were open. McCord just didn't get the ball to them. He he definitely got pressured more than I would have liked to have seen. But um uh, to your point, though, in terms of us not trying, I mean, they didn't play the starters the entire game. And then I do want to mention Tyler Newbin. Tyler Newbin is a safety on Minnesota. Pretty sure he's going to the NFL. He looked like, you know, in person, he looked like their best player on their team. <laughs> um, just from a from a physical standpoint, they had him hovered over uh to help uh, cover Marvin Harrison Jr. So Marvin Harrison Jr. did not have like a great game. That was one of the biggest reasons I wanted to go because I knew this was going to be his last game in the shoe, more than likely. Um, want him to definitely go get paid uh, on Sundays and and become a Hall of Famer like his dad. So I figured that this was going to be it for him in the shoe. But uh, they did a great job covering him. Um you see his look so, back, to your, that, that photo of him, that video yeah. of him, like, walking out, one last gaze upon the glory of the Ohio Stadium. Right? It, it was probably like somebody just called his name or something like that. It's just like, they made it so traumatic, it could have been something like somebody just said. I was going to say, hey, Marvin. <laughs> I was wondering if that was, uh, that could be up for an Emmy, uh, some sort of social media award. Yeah. It was nah, that was it was cinematic, very cinematic. Um, but uh, no, nah, I did see that. I think though, man, that our offense is due for an emotionally disciplined game where we just let it all out. And I think that um, McCord knows that he's has been someone who has done a lot better in the second half than he has done in the first half on some games. And that may have be due, due to some coaching adjustments. I don't know what it is, but I'll tell you this, man. One of the things we don't have to worry about in our offense, uh, unless uh, there's some sort of mysterious injury between now and then, the Trevion Henderson. First play of the second half, I, I mean, I'm sitting in the, in the stands just thinking that this is going to be a long drive. Uh, so I looked at my phone for some reason. I look up and Trey gets into the secondary and is running for a touchdown and nobody's going to catch him. And this is like, I'm like, bro, first play of the second half. I'm like, that's pretty impressive. So say I haven't said that, what what is it going to look like against Michigan? My main concern is just Kyle McCord. Really, that's it. I mean, it's just Kyle McCord, their defense, Michigan's defense, Watching them play Maryland was not wasn't impressive. Uh, was not impressive to me. I mean, they they the biggest thing that a lot of the national media has said is that you know they they have you know a team has uh, until Penn State uh, you know that basically no team has scored on them in a goal to go situation, and now we have had two games in a row where that has happened. So. Um, 
I'm feeling good, man. I'm feeling good. I think the biggest thing too is the Sharon is the head coaching situation for Michigan, knowing that Harbaugh is not going to be there and Sharon Moore is RIP. <laughs> RIP. Is on the sideline. It's like, is this Ryan Day versus Sharon Moore? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's definitely an advantage, Ryan Day, and you know. It's just it's, it's obviously a tough for tough situation for interim head coach to come in and have all the pressure of the biggest game of the year. Um, even if it was different circumstances, it would be a lot of pressure, but definitely a lot of pressure given why he's having to fill in. So, yeah, that should there should be there's obviously a lot of pressure on Ryan Day, and that's been well documented. Um, but you know, I think. Michigan's coaching staff is going to have a lot, a different type of pressure on them in this game um, that, that that wouldn't have been there, you know, had they not got caught with their hand in the cookie jar. You know, they wouldn't have had that pressure. They would have been, you know, don't mess this up, but keep the streak alive, which is different than Ryan Day's pressure of, you know, right the wrong. Um, but now they've got the pressure of trying to basically maintain their image uh, as a dominant team and, and prove that it wasn't just the wasn't just the cheating. And that's that's the thing to me that stands out the most about Michigan is that they seem to not they seem to basically be playing like they don't have a a true identity. They're able to run the ball. Blake Corum is still scoring. You know what I mean? They're still able. But the biggest difference that, in my opinion, that has happened uh, or that I have noticed and observed in their offense since this scandal and since they played Penn State and Maryland is that they their passing game has booty diminished. JJ JJ has been in the Heisman conversation up until this point. He is no longer in the conversation. And if you think that he's going to pass on BIA, you got another thing coming because Jordan Hancock has been straps. Denzel Burke <laughs> has been straps. And even in the, the thing that I think that people see must see on tape that is that you can possibly get Davison uh, Igbenosin. Um, he might be vulnerable a few times during the game, but bro, seeing him yesterday, no Who, problem. Who's he got to guard though? That's the thing. Like he don't have nobody to guard. The thing about Igbenosin, which is actually beneficial in this game, is that he's a dog in the run game. Like he's, I feel like he loves coming up and making tackles. And I think like Denzel Burke this year, part of the offseason was like, you know, he has to be better at that in terms of getting to the next level. But Aiden Nelson, that's something that um, certainly the mentality and the desire to make hits in the run game is something that he has. Um, and he's the strongest on our team. And we know Michigan is going to want to run the ball. Obviously, like, we're not stupid. We remember what happened last year. And J.J. McCarthy – he probably had I, I think he had like twelve completions, but he but like he had like five thousand yards on those twelve completions because he just had a bunch of big plays. So yes, Michigan cannot can can run the ball primarily and still have big passing plays. That is absolutely true. We've we've unfortunately seen it. But they're still going to primarily try to run the ball. And if they hadn't also got those big running plays on us last year, that game is still different. Like even with JJ McCarthy's, you know, success in that game, if they don't get those Donovan networks runs, like you see, like we you look back at the replays, like, oh, this was only a one score game when this happened. It's like, 
it felt like it was the world was crumbling, but actually it was very close. It was just that we couldn't we couldn't get a stop when we needed to. So the point the point being is that they're still going to run the ball for the most of the time in this game. Like that's uh, that's like unquestionable. Michigan will try to run the ball. They will try. They will have to pass it some as well, and we'll we just have to be ready when that happens. But I do think, to your point, just the BIA is looking great, and our weakest cornerback, at least in this game, might still be one of our more important players um, when you know our those running backs are trying to get bounce out to the outside, or they're you know going through for a cutback, and you know they're there. To, he's there to support. And to that, to your point on that that they're going to run it most of the game. We have to, that's part of the reason why I think that we have to have our offense capitalize in the red zone or in just drives in general and turn, uh, you know, a drive that might be a field goal into six, because if we can get up in that game early, then that means that now Michigan has to pass. You have to pass to come back. Um, Especially, you know, early in the game, late in the game. Let's just let's just make sure that we say stay stacked. But bro, I I you know, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, when's the last time you saw JJ McCarthy have to pass to win a game? What, what game was that? Gosh, uh, there is one thing that one that I'm thinking about in my mind. Last year, it was the game against Indiana. Right, what about I'm thinking about the last the, the last game he played last year. Oh, TCU. TCU. That was the last. That would be the yeah. last time he had to pass. Yeah. And what do you look like? Butt cheeks, pick sixes galore. Like that's what you see. What happens when you now again? It's not as simple as just say, "Oh, make them pass." Like obviously, if it was that easy, every team would do it because every team knows what they want to do. It is difficult to do, but when we've seen teams this year get those stops, as you mentioned, they they weren't able to capitalize with points. And so when you're doing that field position game with Michigan, and just you're just trading punts, I will say for sure. They got a better punter than us. Okay. So their punter <laughs> is like, I, I don't want, I'm not trying to do a field pitching game with them because we're not going to win that. All right. We need to, when we get the ball and they're in their offense is in a lull and they're going three and out, we need to score points. And I mean, that's simple, but that's something that these other teams have failed. And even Maryland in that game had opportunities. And, you know, Michigan fans, I'm sorry, Team Up North fans. We'll say I probably said it like twenty thousand already. My bad. <laughs> Team up, yeah. <laughs> we'll edit it out in post. Team up North fans are going to tell you that they never uh, were behind in that game, right? They're going to say at least the second half they were never behind. You know, in that second half, like they were, it was a close, but they were always in the lead. Uh, I would say they were in control, but they they were in the lead. But Maryland, the reason why people feel like that game was was close or was all they almost lost even though they didn't lose the lead is because Maryland had opportunities when it was a one score game and they just missed those and um I would say a lot of those it wasn't to me it wasn't the secondary of Michigan of Deep North that was doing it like I was seeing receivers open and there were some times when pressure got to the quarterback and that's why he was off his spot and you know Mr. Throw is why he obviously ended up getting the intentional ground in the end of the game essentially. But the secondary with you know I'm sure if they got if they got twenty uh draft picks on this team, I'm imagining at least three of them gotta come from the secondary just numbers wise. And them NFL boys in the secondary was were not covering 
Maryland's receivers um, effectively, or at least like they were not dominating that matchup. And we've got better, we've got better receivers. So it's just a view whether or not our offensive line can play as well as can play better than Maryland's offensive line. And I think we can, even though our offensive line is not a strength, it still has gotten better. Um, you mentioned that you maybe had some some more pressure than you like to see last game, but that's going to be a big. I think it's going to be a big part of the win. Is does McCord have time to wait? Does he have time to hit the guy he wants to hit? Does he have time to get to his second read? Because I'm not feeling like their their corners um, are going to be able to kind of win that matchup. And speaking of our receivers, um, Emeka had probably the best game of the year uh, yesterday against Minnesota. It, just from the standpoint of, I know he didn't have any touchdowns, but I listened to the post-game um, press conference for uh, Ryan Day, and one of the reporters asked, you know, did you notice that there was a, a that Emeka got his burst back, basically, that speed? And I, re- and I saw him... Um, before the game started, they were doing sprints right before uh, Minnesota came out, just kind of getting getting in a few, you know, 20, 20 yard sprints toward the end zone. And uh, I noticed that I was like, "Damn, Mecca looks. He doesn't look. He doesn't look hurt. He doesn't look hobbled. You know, he doesn't look like um, he has these past few games." And sure enough, in the game, he he had it. Mm-hmm. He had it. So yeah. the one thing. The one and so you know, I mentioned Ryan Day's press conference, but like the one thing I want to mention is that uh, to me, this is the biggest X factor in this game is Ryan Day, bro. Ryan Day to me, just I've been watching him all year. I feel like he's got a look in his eye whenever the team up north is brought up. He's he's ready for this game. I know I told you offline that this game feels to me like the 2020 Clemson first round of the uh, of the college football playoff. This game feels to me like he knows that basically in 2019 when we played Clemson, we should have had Clemson. There's a few bad calls and a, and a terrible, obviously, you know, miscommunication at the end of the game. But we – he knows that basically the the thing that he has to do is win this game. That his job depends on him winning this game. Not saying he'll be on the hot seat. He'll be on the hot seat from fans' perspective, but I I, I know that and have confidence that Ryan Day. He's already been saying. He said down the stretch. He said we're we're gonna need you know some players have been mm-hmm. injured. He said well, we're confident that. We're going to get them going down the stretch. And what does that mean? He believes that the team is ready to beat Michigan, the team up north, excuse me. They're ready to win a Big Ten title game against Iowa and whoever else they face in the college football playoff. And so with that, I'm going to say that my prediction is that we will win. It's going to be, I believe, a tough, grimy game to start. And I believe we're going to pull away in the end. So give me Ohio State. 38 to 24. 
<clears throat> okay. 38-24. All right. Uh, that would definitely be higher scoring than predicted, but I, I like I kind of like that too. I, I feel like um, maybe it's just wishful thinking, kind of like the game went last year where it was really close and then, you know, a couple of late scores kind of break it open that don't really – aren't really true to like how close the game was. I can see the same thing happening again with either team. Um, and, and I think both teams are going <laughs> to, when they are up in the end, somebody's going to try to run up the score. Uh, you know, Ryan Day is going to try to run up the score if he can. And Moore is going to try to run up the score at home. Like those, those teams are both going to want to put extra points on. Ain't nobody taking no uh, knee at the end of that game. Um, so <laughs> I'm going to go with Ohio state 33 and the team up north, 17. Um, I'm not sure which margin is this. I guess maybe my margin is a little uh, smaller than yours. But um, I'm not good at math, so <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, but, yeah, I think that it'll be um, – I'm I'm just feeling right now more confident in our, our defense, and I think that those extra points for us, 33 – I'm attributing that to, you know, our, our defense getting stops and us end up having like pretty good field position, right? Where they end up just maybe going forward on a couple fourth downs to try to get some momentum back if, when they're, if they're not scoring or they're not moving the ball and that turning into some short fields for Kyle McCord and his offense and that kind of contributing to some of those points. Um, but I do think it'll still be difficult to kind of drive down on them consistently throughout the game, but some short fields would be nice. So, yeah. Uh, both both having multiple scores. I mean, the spread is, if we look around the, the, the country and in Las Vegas, the spread varies from one and a half to four or so. Um, that number has decreased since we last saw Team Up North play Maryland. It, it, was, it was five and a half before that game started. Um, and so, yeah, but both of us are kind of predicting um, scores that are, are less close than that. So maybe we're... Maybe we're homers. Maybe we got on the, the scarlet cover, scarlet tinted glasses. But I honestly do feel um, pretty confident in in that prediction, and I I think I will actually be surprised if we lose the game. Like obviously we can. I'm not going to be like flabbergasted, but I would be at this point surprised. Like, I, I do expect to win the game, not just hopeful, not just saying it's possible, but I actually do expect us to win. The like you, I think I feel you. I would be surprised if we lose the game the past two, like we've lost the game the past two years. That would be surprising to me. I don't see, I don't see us not being ready for what them boys got for. So, um, I'm telling you, man, Blake Corum, because you know, as as haters of that team, we're we're prone to you know hate their players as well. But I I never hated Blake Corum after the first time I saw him run last year and I was like, oh damn, this dude's actually he's actually as good as they say he is. Like he's like we remember we both like talking like damn he's actually really good. And he really has lost a step this year. And it sucks because it's you know likely due to injury and maybe he'll get it back in the future. But he's really I mean I, I heard uh Joey Galloway um on the like college football scoreboard um show say are we are we showing another replay of a Blake Corum one yard touchdown run? Because those are all his highlights. He just has one yard runs. Like this dude is had and don't get me wrong, he's had a couple of like breakout, you know, thirty yard runs here and there, but he's not the same guy who every time he touches it, he can go fifteen. 
Like that's how he was last year when he was when they were still beating up on those bad teams. He was just like making one cut and then not only beating that first tackle, but then also bursting for another ten yards. And now he's not. He wasn't doing that against Maryland. Like he really wasn't. Um, so I don't know, man. That's I know that's that's their bread and butter, and it's it's worked for them to get three yards at a time. But I I do feel like you know, their best offensive player has taken a step back this year. And I believe it's because of injury, not because of talent, but either way, um, not as big of a threat for those chunk plays. Um, Dominic Edwards, the same. I mean, he's obviously he still has the same speed. So could he do it? Yeah. But he hasn't had that season yet this, this year either. Bro, I can't wait for this game. Like, I'm about to, like, jump out of my seat. Like, as you're talking, like, we stopped Blake Corum. They don't have a plan B. They don't have a plan B. And the Buckeyes have a lot of stuff going for them. They can shut down the national media and all the love that Michigan has been getting outside the scandal. I'm talking about the Desmond Howards of the world, the Tom Fernellis of the world. Yeah, we name dropping. <laughs> we name dropping. Tom, the Tom Fernellis of the world. Josh Pate. Mm. He, I mean, I thought Pate, I thought Pate State had us, man. He, tur- he turned uh, on us. He turned it's on too us. many. Uh, dag on. Um, Colin Cowherd. Um, call, oh, bro, <laughs> Joel, Joel Clatt, Joel Clatt. <laughs> hey, this is the this is the game where we show the country we got all all this stuff going for. Like Michigan has. You know, outside of the scandal, they, you know, have people been saying they're the best team in the Big Ten, bro. Michael Wilbon, best team in the Big Big Ten. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. I love Michael Wilbon, but bro, stay in North, stay with your Northwestern Wildcats. Bro. <laughs> I'm happy that I think they're bowl eligible. I believe so. Congratulations. Uh, you know, you know who the one, the one national media person we have behind us. Who's that? Paul Feinbaum. Shout, shout out to Paul. <laughs> Never would have guessed it in a million years. I, but yeah. Paul Feinbaum will be wearing an Ohio State jersey on Saturday for sure. He definitely uh, – you've seen, like, the meme where the guy shows up to the funeral uh, of his enemy. That's going to be Paul Feinbaum if, oh. uh, <laughs> if Michigan loses. They definitely going to have him on first take on Monday morning going in. So, um, yeah, he doesn't love Ohio State, but he does – at this point, he's invested in the in the demise of that team up north, as are we. And so we look forward to uh, seeing that come to fruition on the 25th of November in the, I won't say great state, in the terrible state that we don't give a damn about, and that is Michigan. <laughs> so with that, knowing that you did mention that there about the spread, you did talk about the spread earlier, we're going to now talk about um, we'll take a break and then talk about our pick six competition. Did fairly well last week. We're going to go in and hit the numbers for this week. That's coming up next. To the competition we love to call pick six with an extra point where I pick three Phil picks three and the extra point 
So, uh, for each of us, <laughs> I was like, I've never done it before. I'm just gonna just roll with it. Just roll with it. You pick three, I pick three. What extra points? All right. So, uh, just a quick review from last week. Um, I was able to get three out of my four picks. My Oregon minus 23 and a half against Arizona State hit. I toss up the Iowa Hawkeyes, humbled the Illinois Fighting Illini. Uh, Iowa State did not upset the Texas Longhorns, but the Maryland Terrapins, uh, they did cover their spread in my doggy bet. Phil calls it a dog bet. I call it a doggy bet. I don't know why. That's just the way it is. Um, so having said that, I had 16 last week. I gained three, and so now I've got a total of 19. Listen, I don't like you cut up the numbers. Um but yes, <laughs> Justin is winning the competition for the for the season. Um, I would say my, my favorite pick from last week was uh, the Washington pick because even though they were the higher ranked team, they were the underdog in that game, and I was happy to see them uh, pull it out. Disappointed UNC not covering seven points against Clemson, um, but yeah, I mean Clemson has been is is prickly. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they get oh, they end with South Carolina, so who cares? But uh, I kind of wish that uh, Florida State was going to have to play Clemson again in the in the ACC championship because I almost feel like they would be a better matchup than Louisville. But yeah, looking forward to this week with the last regular season um, slate, getting a couple of big wins. All right. Well, this is typically the week where we have most rivalry games. Not all. In college football, that would be impossible because there's teams that have more than one rival. But uh, but we've got a good slate of games here. So let me go ahead and start it off. I'm going to go ahead and start off with my toss-up pick. Uh, I'm going to head over to the Commonwealth Cup, which is going to be <clears throat> played in Charlottesville, Virginia. I will say that Virginia Tech, I'm taking the Hokies to beat the Cavaliers. Uh, sorry for beating up on, on them. I, the reason why is because Virginia Tech typically wins this game. Like this, unless UVA has a uh, generational, in, in terms of UV, for UVA standards, a generational changing quarterback, um, they, they typically don't win this game. So give me the Hokies. <clears throat> okay. Um, I there's not a lot of good toss ups. Just a reminder: toss up needs to be a spread of three points or less. So we're looking for a game that's supposed to be very close. The Big Ten has a bunch this week, but they're just some teams that I just refuse to <laughs> bet on, like Iowa or Nebraska or Wisconsin or Minnesota. All these teams are untrustworthy. Um, but the one I like the most actually is this Maryland Rutgers game. This is a one and a half point spread. And, um, I mean, Rutgers got smoked last game. Um, Maryland obviously lost a close one to a, to a good team. They're both 6-5. and five. But to me, um, that seventh win probably means more to Maryland than it does to Rutgers. Rutgers is happy, I think, to be bowling. Um, you know, happy for them. Uh, but I think Maryland, who expected to be, you know, at eight wins, fighting for a ninth win at the end of the season, uh, and said they're fighting for a seventh. So, I think that they're going to have a little more juice going in. So give me the Terps. All right. You got the Terps. 
Whew. Um, man, this lock is tough. I got a game I want to choose for a lock, but I might bet in real life. But for you, I need to make sure I get a for sure win. I'm going to go ahead. Ugh. <clears throat> Ugly games. <laughs> I thought like, I thought I had one, but then I think they have an injury. Uh, I won't say it in case you pick up and you forgot about the injury. Give me, um, give me the give me Washington, going back to the well, going back to the wagon. Washington plays Washington State. This is the Apple Cup, and um, potentially the last one. Um, and it's at home for Washington, which is great because if it was at Washington State, I might even think they might be able to pull off the upset, kind of like Oklahoma State did for their last bedlam with the team leaving the conference. But I think Washington's got – they're going to probably be now the number four team in the in the playoff rankings. They're playing – you know, they, they can see the pathway to getting in now. So I think they're going to be able to, to cover that spread. So that's Washington minus, what I say, 12? Hmm. 12. <laughs> you find it tough. I see I see 16 and a half. All right. Washington, 16 and a half. Two touchdowns and a field goal. Gets me the dub. For you, Doug. All right. All right. That was a good pick. Um, the Apple Cup. That rivalry is known as the Apple Cup, which I'm curious as to, to why that is, but we're not even going to get into that. All right. So, um, my lock. I'm going to just. I'm going to go ahead and do it, man. I don't feel good about this, but I was riding riding with the buffs at the beginning of the season. <laughs> but uh, they're heading to Utah. Utah is a 21-and-a-half-point favorite over the buffs. It just looks like I don't, I don't think Shadur, even if Shadur Sanders can play, I don't think he should. Um. It, you're are not in bowl. I think he's a, a, a competitor. I mean, that's just me. Um, I'm sure, you know, he doesn't care what I think. Um, but um, give me uh, give me the Utes. Shadur Sanders is injured. I don't know how badly he's injured. I mean, he left the game, their game against uh, Washington State this past Friday night. So he didn't have much, man. They didn't have much left. So. Saying the buffs, so yeah. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the upset here. <clears throat> Don't know if there's gonna be any upsets, but give me, give me. It's literally like a hail mary here. Give me BYU, <laughs> <laughs> BYU over Oklahoma State. Um. I got no good reason to say. <laughs> I'm just trying to just make these picks. Okay. Okay. Um, I am. Ooh, I should have picked that for my lock. Um, <clears throat> man. Whew. <clears throat> okay, so for my upset, 
which is a reminder needs to be a game of at least a seven point spread or more choosing the underdog and <clears throat> man i'm gonna go ahead and go to another rivalry game game used to be referred to as civil war um I'm not sure why they stopped calling it that. I feel like it was part of the racial justice movement. One of the ones that there was probably some more uh, important things to do besides change that that game title. But Oregon State plays Oregon. Um, Oregon is a 14-point favorite. And I think they could be got. I mean, Oregon State put up a great fight last week. This is a robbery. Again, one of those last ones. Uh, before the team leaves. And I guess I'm flipping sides in the last one. I'm choosing Washington to beat Washington State, but I'm choosing Oregon State to get the win because Oregon State's a much better team than Washington State this year. So, yep, give me the Beebs. Give me the Beebs. Wow, that was a, that one's surprising to me. Wow, okay. Yeah. Good reasons there. All right. So, extra point. Is it my turn first? Yeah. Okay. So I am going to uh, for extra point. Technically, we can go wherever we want to. I'm gonna go for another upset, um, and that's because I'm trailing by 50 points in this competition. So I got a <laughs> one throwing hail marys. Not as big of a hail mary as BYU, but uh, instead, eh, I am. Yeah. I don't, mm, let me just make sure this is the one I want to go with. Okay, I think it is. Uh, Give me Florida beating Florida State. Now, Florida State obviously and unfortunately lost their starting quarterback. And, you know, as much as we are haters on this show, I don't, um, you know, I don't relish in the the pain of someone, um, at least for a team I don't care about, Florida State. So I feel bad for him. Hopefully he gets better and hopefully he has a long career in the NFL. Um, but, you know, it sucks. The reason why I was hesitant because Florida's quarterback, Graham Mertz, is also hurt. Um, so it'll yeah. be the battle of the backups. But the game is at home. Billy Napier, he's, like, very aware that people want him to be fired already, right? He's a new coach. <laughs> you know, he's new. He's trying to build a program. He had some – He's had some big recruiting wins. He has some big on-the-field wins. And he's had a bunch of losses in those two arenas as well. This is the kind of game that you take advantage of. Like, Florida State um, missing their quarterback. Florida State on the pinnacle about to potentially go to the – well, they're definitely going to go to the ACC championship, potentially a playoff team. This is where you can you can really play spoiler. And you can save your job. <laughs> like, I think Billy Napier is going to be like, I need to win this game. And I've been gifted an opportunity. And so for that reason, I'm going with the Gators. Good. That's a, the great points you made there. Um, man, I'm trying to search to see if USC plays this week. I was, was going to choose whatever team they played as my doggy bet because uh, their toughness, defense, um, even some part of their offense is missing. Um but I think they get a second bye because they played week zero. So yeah, that's what they were saying. The yeah, last, last week was the first. What's the last? That's what they were, all the hype for the game was. This is going to be potentially Caleb Williams' last game in the uniform because he probably won't play a bowl game. Yeah. Bruh. Wow. Oh well, 
shoot, I had to think for a second. I'm like, did, did they? Did, are they bowl eligible? Um, but no, they, they, they're seven and five. Seven and five, I believe. Um, all right. Well, dang, uh, my doggy bet, man. Um, just still, just kind of hail Mary in this. Uh, I'm gonna fight you. Gonna fight you on uh, one of your picks. Give me Washington State to uh, to at least cover that plus sixteen and a half as the underdog. So maybe one of the last game, you know, Apple Cups that we see in our lifetime. Um, but the way that they're talking, like you said, potentially, not sure. But uh, while it's here, let's just go ahead and let's go ahead and see what happens. Let's go ahead and see what happens. <laughs> Maybe a big point swing there. So, okay, fighting me on my lock. Yeah. Fighting you on your lock. Dirty Mackin. Dirty Mackin. All right, okay, man. Yeah. Go ahead and give me the give me the rundown, Eugene. The rundown, the rundown for my picks this week. I've got the Utah Utes over the Colorado Buffaloes minus twenty one and a half for my lock. My toss up went to the Commonwealth Cup. Got the Virginia Tech Hokies over the University of Virginia Cavaliers. My upset, again, just kind of shot this one in the dark. Uh, BYU, the BYU Cougs over Oklahoma State Cowboys. And as my doggy bet, I've got Washington State. Washington State Cougars plus 16 and a half against the Washington Huskies. Okay. For my lock, I'm taking the Washington Huskies minus 16 and a half over Washington State. My toss-up, I'm going with the Maryland Terps um, to beat uh, Rutgers uh, on the road. My upset, I've got two of them. First one, give me Oregon State upsetting Oregon on the road, spoiling the Ducks uh chances for a playoff bid and then my second upset is the florida gators billy napier fighting for his life uh upsetting florida state and also playing spoiler to his rival great well buckeye fans we all know every year boils down to this game uh Enjoy this game. Enjoy this game safely. Drink responsibly. <laughs> and uh, make sure you catch us on social media as well. Follow us on our social media channels at BIA.pod on Instagram and TikTok. On YouTube at BIA underscore pod. And if you listen to us on Apple or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe. Subscribe. Um, you like what you hear? subscribe and for the for the team up north uh, listeners out there if you don't like what you hear subscribe anyway find a reason to be mad during the week and listen to the best in america college football podcast uh which consists of both phil and hugey some of the biggest buckeye fans out there in the land so that said let's win this saturday let's move on to the big 10 championship as we've got bigger things ahead so oh i owe Go Bucks!